And by the way, if you need a Bible, we are going through the Bible. We have Bibles in the back. Feel free to just get up and go to the back and get a Bible. They're in a box. If you don't have a Bible, you can keep it. As long as you promise to go home and read it and underline everything that strikes your heart and use a highlighter and memorize it. Just take that Bible and keep it. So on January 13, 2019, we began our study in the book of Romans today, August 23, 2020. We will complete it, God willing, the book of Romans. It was by far the hardest thing that I have ever done in terms of teaching through a book. It's a very hard book to teach through. But I can't describe in words just how deeply and profoundly I have been touched by teaching through this book. I'm a different man for the much better as a result of it. Teaching through this book, the book of Romans. And I hope and pray that it's been the same for many of you. In verse 21, where we picked up this morning, the Apostle Paul is continuing his sign off. He's signing off. His sign off is a long sign off. And we thank God for that. Oh, how we've been blessed by reading through it. In verses 3 through 16 of this chapter, chapter 16, the Apostle Paul greeting people uh, that, who he knew and had worked with over the course of his life in the many cities that he had been. Uh, these folks had moved to the city of Rome. Rome was where the action was. It was the center of the Roman Empire, and, and they had moved there, and he begins this chapter by greeting them before he signs off. Again, verse 3, greet Priscilla and Aquila. Verse 4, uh, uh, greet uh, rather, verse 5, greet Apatinus. Uh, verse 6, greet Mary. Verse 7, greet Adronicus. Verse 8, greet Amplius. Verse 9, greet Urbanus. He's greeting these men and women, these brothers and sisters that he knows and loves. Now, in verses 21, 22, and 23, it's a reversal Here in these verses, it's the, it's the verses, it's uh, the, the people sort of around him, not really a reversal, but other people around him uh, that, that are just in his midst are greeting them too. Verse 21, Timothy, my fellow uh, worker, Lucius, Jason, Sassipater, my countrymen, Greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Verse 23, Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church, greet you. Erastus, the treasurer of the city, greet you. And Cordus, a brother. And so what did we learn from our study a couple weeks ago in Romans 16, verse 3 through 16, with all these greetings? Uh, if... 
during the course of your Christian life and ministry, you are not building deep and lasting relationships with other Christians. You are missing the heart and soul of Christianity. You're missing it. You're not getting it. If you were not here two weeks ago, I, I beg you, go, go listen to that sermon online. Again, if during the course of your Christian life and ministry, you are not building deep and lasting relationships with other Christians, you're missing the heart and soul of Christianity. Hence the reason for all these, all these greetings. The Holy Spirit doesn't just, you who wrote this book, this letter, he doesn't just put stuff down there, especially so much ink for just, well, why not? He's doing it for a purpose to get this into our souls. This should be you. This should be me. Verse 22, the Apostle Paul says this. Well, rather, in verse 22, it says, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. So the Apostle Paul, we learn here, dictated the letter. He dictated the letter. This man, Tertius, penned it. He did the actual writing. Again, notice he said, I greet you in the Lord. I, Tertius, greet you in the Lord, which probably means he doesn't know them personally. But once you have the Lord in common, you have everything in common. Doesn't matter one, if one person spent half their life repping with gangs in the hood and the other person grew up wealthy and went to the Ivy League. Once you are in the Lord, that's all you need. You can, have, you can be the bestest of bestest of besties. There is just a, a, a wealth, an infinite depth of, your, of a relationship with someone you have nothing in common if you are in the Lord with them, the Bible says. I, Tertius, greet you in the Lord. I, know, I, I don't know you, but I'm in the Lord, so I do know you. Verse 23, Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church, greet you. So notice the church Paul is currently at meets in a house. It's probably in Corinth. That's what scholars think. Church doesn't need a fancy church building. Can be in a home. Can even be in a hotel conference center. Verse 23 continues. It says, Erastus, the treasure of the city, greets you. So being the treasure of a city, this was one prominent dude. He was probably also wealthy. Whenever the Holy Spirit is doing a great work and is drawing people and, and, and building a church, he's drawing people from all levels of society. He's pulling from the poor, the rich, the middle class, no education, lots of education, whatever. Verse 24 finishes up. It says, and Cortus, a brother. And Cortus, a brother. I love that. You can picture the scene. Paul is dictating a sign-off to the letter. Tertius, this guy, is writing it. There are a few folks in the room, including a guy named Cortus. 
quarters here, Paul say, you know, Timothy greets you, Lucius greets you, Gaius greets you, Erastus greets you. And Cordus speaks up, hey, will you tell them I, 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 I greet them too? Would you do that? He doesn't know any of them. The Romans don't know him. Doesn't matter. Cordus, a brother, greets you. I love that. Verse 24 says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Exact same wording as the end of verse 20. Just go back there. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. End of verse 20. Same thing in verse 24. Oh, how we need the grace of God. What is grace? It's getting what we do not deserve. It's, it's getting God's mercy, his strength, his kindness, his patience. It's, it's over oh, the grace of God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. That's a prayer, by the way. He's like speaking the prayer to them. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Now, in verses 25 through 27, Paul's going to finish the letter with just an outburst of praise to God. He begins, verse 25, now to him, meaning this letter's not about me. I don't want you thinking about me after you write this letter. It's about him. Romans, I don't want to leave you after finishing this letter thinking about Paul. You need to think about God. It's, get your eyes off Paul. Get your eyes on God. Now to him, verse 25 says. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Let me repeat that because we are going to spend some time on that. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Now most, uh, I would say 80% of the translations, it's really nifty today. You can just go to all the translations of, of, of every verse, that, any verse that you want. You can, and you can, you can go to about 50 or 60 translations of the same verse and go right down. About 80% don't translate it um, establish. He's, Paul says here, now to him who is able to establish. They, they translate it, they use the word strengthen or strong. So Romans 16, verse 25. Now to him, this is the ESV. Now to him who is able to strengthen you. According to my gospel and the preaching of, our, of Jesus Christ. So think of it like this. We have the, down a little lower on the projection stream. Now to him who is able to make you strong by my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. So how are you made strong? By my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Notice what makes you strong. The preaching of Jesus Christ. Notice, the preaching of a moral code. 
of regulations is not what makes you strong. The preaching of a list of commandments is not what makes you strong. In fact, Romans chapter 8 verse 3 says that actually weakens you. When you're given the law, it weakens you, Romans 8 3 says. The preaching of a list of do's and don'ts does not make you strong. The, the, the preaching of a religion does not make you strong. The preaching of, a religious, of religious traditions and rituals does not make you strong. It weakens you. It's the pre- preaching of a person, Jesus Christ, that makes you strong. We don't need religion. We don't need philosophy. We don't need moral values to make us strong. We need a person to make us strong, Jesus Christ, so often, however, We only get that part right. Most people get that part right. Partially right. I can't tell you how how often I see this. One human being who's weak going out to another human being to look for strength. They got it partially right. They're looking for a person. I was just on the phone the other night. If I've had one, I've had a thousand of these conversations. Someone called me um, and and they told me a version of a a story I've heard a thousand times. Uh, a, A young man went to a restaurant, saw a young lady sitting by herself. He went up and asked her if she wanted company. She did, she said yes. He sat down and didn't leave for four hours. I found someone to make me strong. She thinks the same things I do. We have everything in common. Just being here, there's a connection. It just strengthens me. And so, they were able to strengthen each other but you can only fake it for so long. And after about six months, she began to make him weak. She, she had issues. So did he. And after a while, he realized, this person makes me, this woman makes me weaker than I was when I met her. I heard the story, of the, the relationship fell apart. Heard the story a thousand times. I can say, at 57 years old, I've never met a strong person in my whole life, not even one. I used to think pastors were strong until I started hanging out with them. Now, they know where to get strength, and we'll, we'll, we'll go there. But I've never met a strong person, not even one, in my whole life. Human beings are incredibly fragile. Every single one of them. Weak. Vulnerable. Don't try to make yourself strong by finding another human being. You'll never find that person unless that person is Jesus Christ. What does it say? It says, now to him who is able to make you strong 
by my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, Calvary Chapel, if you don't get it by now, in this COVID crisis, you need a person named Jesus Christ to make you strong. I was talking with a sister in our church yesterday. Someone on our ministry team, a leader. She works at a senior living center. And 70 people died. 40% of the people she served died. It's not fake news. Don't be a fool. This is an eyewitness of one of the most trustworthy people I know. Two of her co-workers died. And she described this scene to me, and it just, it, it, it really, it just brought tears to my eyes as, 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 as the thing began, and, and everyone is just freaking out. Workers don't want to, uh, to stay there because of the fear, the, uh, having to speak, her having to speak to family members who can't see their, their, their loved ones who they've known for 40, 50 years die, or their mothers and fathers die. They can't speak to them. And, 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 and just the, 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 the whole place in paralysis because uh, just of, of the fear that's just gripping everyone and everybody and, 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 and having to work till three or four 4 a.m. in the morning every time she goes into work and, and then going to bed and wondering if you could have done something better to, to allow that person or maybe if you did something better that person would have lived and just the, the brothers and sisters, you need strength. And it was, I, I gave glory to God as I talked to her as, she, as she, she, she said, look, if I don't get strength in Jesus Christ right now, and what she did is she went to um, a couple sisters who she knew, knew the Lord. They got into a room. They cried out to God. They cried out to God together. They cried out to him and they received strength from the Lord. The Bible says, now to him who is able to make you strong by my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will make you strong. He will make you strong. I want to stay with this. Now to him who is able to make you strong by my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. To understand this verse for everything it's worth, let's talk about weakness. Let's talk about weakness for a few minutes. Why is it that people are weak? Why are they fragile? Why are they vulnerable? 
Why are you weak? Why are you weak? Why are you fragile? Why are you so vulnerable? Why am I that way? I am. I'm weak, I'm fragile, and I'm vulnerable. I am those three things. Why? There's two reasons. Number one, you have failed to live up to the expectations of the world. And number two, you have failed to live up to the expectations of God. Let me explain a little bit more. Number one, you feel so weak because you have failed miserably to live up to the expectations of the world. The world expects you to be beautiful, expects you to be smart, it expects you to say the right things, do the right things, dress in the right way, uh, eat in the right way, drink in the right way, talk in the right way, drive the right car, be with the right people. And you know full well you don't come even remotely close to that. Not even remotely. You have failed miserably. It's le- at least you feel weak, fragile, and vulnerable. Number two, you have failed to live up to the expectation of God. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, couldn't be any clearer, be be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's Jesus' words, not mine. I'm not making this up. Matthew 5, 48, be perfect, Jesus said, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. God, Jesus said that, God requires it. He really does. It's the entrance requirement to heaven, perfection. And you know full well you don't even come remotely close to that living. You, you, you fall so far short of that. You know that you are a miserable failure. You're not, that leaves you feeling what? Weak, fragile, and vulnerable. And you combine, number one, failing to live up to the expectations of the world, and number two, failing to live up to the expectations of God, and you are left with a train wreck. That's what we all are. Anyone else is, is faking it. Never met a strong person in my whole life, not even one. But now to him who is able to make you strong by my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. How do you go from being a train wreck to being strong? It says my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. How does that work? Well, that's, uh, that's what the whole book of Romans is about. I encourage you to go back and, and, and listen to the sermons the last year and a half. They're all online. Now to him who is able to make you strong by my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. My gospel. You know what the very first uh, verse in Romans says? Romans 1.1. Paul, a burned servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, and then he spends 16 chapters really He spends um, uh, 15 chapters explaining what that is. Last chapter's a greeting. So he says this, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated the gospel of God, and then goes and writes the most famous letter ever written. Responsible for infusing more power into mankind than any other letter or, or book ever written. The book of Romans, Martin Luther, that's where he started. The book of Romans. 
He was shocked at what he found. And then he got real loud about it. So I'm closing out one year and a half in the book of Romans in a nutshell. What is this gospel that makes you strong? What is this gospel? I want to know because I'm fragile, I'm vulnerable, and I am weak. Well, the first four chapters, you may remember, begin with a most sobering and eye-opening description of how you and me pushed God aside, substituted him with me, and accumulated not a small but a huge record. You could call it a, a, a criminal record against God. First four chapters of the book of Romans about how God, how you set God aside, but also how God always responds to that. He always responds to someone setting him aside and rejecting him with perfect justice and holiness. Two responses, anger, holy anger, and justice. Chapter, Romans chapter two, verse five, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you're treasuring up for yourself the wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Some of you saw Free Burma Rangers with us. Um, you, you, you remember that scene where ISIS was killing just the, the refugees? They were killing them. Setting landmines, killing little babies, and how angry the guy got? Of course that's right, that, that's right for him to be anger, angry. Is it any less right? Would it be not crazy if God didn't get angry? At sin, at our sin, at yours and mine, well, he does. <laughs> Don't hear too much about it in the year 2020. He does. He gets really angry. And there's always two responses, responses anger and justice. However, after Romans 4, we get into chapter 5, and what do we read? The response of what? Love. Love. Romans 5.8. God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Love, that God's sending his son into the world to live for us, to live for you. God sent his son into the world to live for you. He lived a perfect life to credit it to your account. To die for you, the penalty for your criminal record against God was death, but he died in your place and to raise from the dead for you so that God now extends you an invitation. If you, by faith, trust in Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did for you. He saved you from the wrath, the perfect wrath, the wrath of God that you justly deserve. You will be united with the person of Jesus Christ and you will be justified by God. So I don't know, but if there's one word that shouts out from the book of Romans that we should remind ourselves of as we wrap it up 
It's the word justified by God. It's used 16 times throughout the book of Romans. You're justified before God. Justified before God. That is what you are when you put your faith in who Jesus is and what he did for you. You've been, you are united to him and therefore justified before God. And so just a little reminder where we were, justified, what does that mean? What in the world does that mean? God justifies you. What? That's why we spent so much time in the book of Romans. This is what it means. It means you're not, so when you're justified, meaning when you place your faith in who Jesus is and what he does for you in a moment of time, in a twinkling in the eye, in a split second, God says to you, you're not guilty. You are qualified for heaven. I, God, now receive you into an everlasting relationship with me. You're justified. He's a judge, and this is what he does out of love, out of his intense love for you. He justifies you. Do not reject the free offer of salvation, salvation from what? God's just anger and wrath and judgment towards you. Do not reject that. He, he offered it to the world, his son Jesus Christ. He offers it to every human being that's ever lived. Don't reject it. It's a free gift by faith. Yes, I, I get it. Come in, Lord Jesus. I believe it. I believe Jesus who you are. I believe I'm guilty. I believe that um, you uh, came to this world to save me. Come in, Jesus, my king, at that very moment. The Bible says, 16 times in the book of Romans alone, you're justified. God says you're not guilty. You're qualified for heaven. I, God, now receive you into an everlasting relationship with me. You know what the amazing thing about that is? God could have said, yeah, you're guilty, but I forgive you. He could have said, yeah, you're guilty, but I forgive you. What he did was, that would have been great, right? Right? That's not what he did. He did so much more. He said, you're not guilty. You're justified just as if you've never sinned. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, "It you are blameless and holy when you are in Christ. Tertius says, I greet you in Christ. Now that I have Christ, I know anyone else that has Christ as much as anyone in the world. It is so deep. The grace is that deep. We can't stop. We won't be able to stop talking and praising God about it for all eternity. Caillou, can we get the verse from Romans 16 up again? The, the Romans 16 verse. Yeah, that's it. All right, you had it. I think you did. Again, verse 25. Now to him who is able to make you strong by my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, if you hear that, what we just talked about from the book of Romans, and that doesn't strengthen you, you cry out to God. He'll strengthen you. He'll open your eyes and it'll begin to strengthen you.
Let's continue. Verse 25 says, Now to him who is able to establish you, strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of mystery kept secret since the world began. So before the world ever even began, God with all his foreknow, he has a sweeping view, of course, of all history. It's, it's, it, it was already, this, this plan was already established. Verse 26, but now made manifest, meaning now it's evident. You can't run from it. You can't ignore it. This is the truth. It's in your face. Accept it. God delights in mercy. Micah 7 verse 18 says he delights to do this with you. He delights to bring you into a a, a relationship where he says, yes, not guiltily. You're qualified for heaven. You're you're qualified for an everlasting relationship with me. But now, verse 26, made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God. Meaning, you can take this to the bank. It's the eternal bank. It's made good by the everlasting commandment of God. For obedience to the faith. Meaning, the purpose of of you being saved, ultimately it's the glory of God, which is verse 27, but how, how, what comes about? How does the glory of God, what, what happens? He's in an outburst of praise here. What happens to make that glory happen? That you being obedient to the faith, not obedient to a moral code, not obedient to a bunch of regulations, religion, religious traditions. No, obedient to the faith that Jesus came and lived for you, died for you, and rose again for you. Verse 27, to God alone wise. Be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. The Lord has set you apart for relationship with him for you to be obedient to the faith so that you would glorify God actually forever, now and forever. Why are human beings weak, vulnerable, and fragile? Among everything else we discussed, they have no clue what their purpose is. And that just does a whole lot of damage on a a soul which was created in the image of God to give God glory. Once you have come into a relationship with God and you realize that you have such a glorious purpose to your life and that is to make God, to to glorify the God of the universe, to have people look at God and praise him. And, and, And we went through again, Uh, chapters 12 through 15, what the Christian life looks like when they are acting out obedient to the faith. It's love, 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 love. Bless those who persecute you. 
Do not be overcome evil, do, do, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil by good. Love each other fervently. Love your enemy. Give, the, give your wrath and anger over to, vengeance over to God. God will repay, but not you. You love, you love, you love. No matter how bad you're being come against, you love. That's the expression of being, that's what happens to a life that's being obedient to the, uh, uh, to the faith and what happens. God is glorified and that's what he's doing in the church. That he's, that's what he's doing with you. That's what he's doing with us. Verse 27, to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. I'm just gonna call the worship team up now. We're gonna close with a worship song. We're gonna thank the Lord just with our worship, with our praise, who is able to make us strong who's able to make us strong, who's able to take us with backbones of jelly and make us have backbones of steel. That's who the people of God are. That's who God is is making them to be. We're all under construction. (laughs) That's our future, backbones of steel. What a glorious future. Let's praise the Lord. Why don't we rise for this final worship song and praise the Lord together.